This podcast replay is brought to you by 3A Sports Graphics. 3A Sports Graphics is more than shirts. They're passionate about the custom gear that brings what you love to life. Call them at 786-251-3404. Good morning, boys and girls, and welcome aboard. Time to rock and roll on the show. Yes, sir. Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend, of course. He uh, does it all here. That's it. He's the one that uh, just pretty much uh, just dominates here on the platform. We are riding his coattails. It is Friday, February 9th, 2024. A couple of days before the Super Bowl between Kansas City and San Francisco. Uh, Line has not moved. It stayed pretty much there where it's at two points. Uh, We still like Kansas City. We've liked Kansas City from the get-go. So we are riding Kansas City for the game. Looking forward to it. Heat will play the Celtics on Sunday at 2 o'clock. That'll be a nice test for them. Uh, They haven't really been that tested in the last couple of weeks here. The last, you know, they're, they're doing well. They're winning, but they're not beating necessarily great teams. You know, so uh, this would be a nice win if they can win on Sunday. That would, this would actually show me something, something there. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Cam Wolf will be joining us probably in about because he's uh, he's actually just got off the air from Good Morning Football and he's headed to the airport. He's going to call us now, so we'll get him on. And before he gets uh, to the airport and gets on a plane and gets the hell back to South Florida. Obviously, he's, uh, I think, uh, what is it, NFL Network? He's in New York, right, I think? So uh, there you go. So he's got to fly back. So we'll have uh, Cam in a few minutes. Manny Navarro will be joining us at the top of the hour. Ah, I'm going to position my leg back over here. Uh, I had it down for a couple minutes, but it's just, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like last night. Um, it's like, everything's gone well with the foot. Right. And then last night I had like a pain in my thigh, not the part where it was operated on. (laughs) You would figure the lower leg, that, that part would be hurting and all that. And it's, you know, there's a little tiny discomfort, you know, I would say a little bit there. But uh, the weirdest thing, dude, it's uh, it's the thigh uh, and knee has kind of been bothering me. And I guess it's because I got a I'm carrying the, you know, the the leg around. I'm carrying the back half of that leg around. And I guess it's doing some kind of wear and tear on my ass. And and since, you know, let's be honest. Right. We got to be honest with ourselves. Uh, I'm out of shape. Right the muscles haven't been used i would imagine that that's what it's all from from like soreness of having to carry the bottom half of my leg to make sure that i don't put weight on it or you know any of that stuff but yeah man that's about that's about it yeah it says you're uh you're compensating right exactly exactly so it was one of those things where you know, I haven't had the pain that I was expecting or any any of us were expecting or even the doctor was telling me, hey, here you go, bro. Here's the here's by the way. Do you know why we have an opioid problem in this country? Oh. 
15 of those it's uh percocets right yeah um 15 of those percocets with our insurance cost us 90 cents my wife had to buy hand cream it cost her more money this is why we have this problem in our country 90 cents for 15 freaking percocets that's why people get addicted to that shit you know <laughs> you're taking advantage of it and you're i don't i again i don't have that issue i haven't even taken one or any of that but you know when my wife told me that i was like you paid 90 cents for 15 pills like wow you know and yeah it's kind of screwy dude you know i don't know how many times you can go to the well with that stuff right i don't know how many times you can get away with it with your i guess the the doctor has to be rigged too or something but it doesn't cost you any money you know it's weird dude weird but um no percocets for me uh as you all know we've talked about this before i i try to stay away from all that pain medicine uh, that is not good shit for you at all. Not good for your body. I, I do enough damage to my body with the food I, I've eaten for 50 years. <laughs> you know, it's it's all right. I don't need that extra dope to uh, kind of put me over the top. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I saw that. I was like, wow. Anyway, so everything's gone well. Checkup went well yesterday. I, I Well, I, I, I had the show after the checkup uh, yesterday, so... All good in the hood, x-rays, everything, can't complain, slept all right, except for that thigh problem. Jesus Christ, that thing, that thing hurt, bro. Damn. Uh, how the bleep do you win comeback player of the year when you didn't get signed until, no, it's, Flacco played five games. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's stupid, really. It's irresponsible to put Joe Flacco as comeback player of the year. We'll, We'll get into that. I got a bunch of things that I want to talk about. Uh, Tua haters. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something that would expose the shit out of Tua haters, uh, because you know they're, they're, Tua haters a lot of times are also kind of phony, and so uh, I'll tell you why why they're kind of phony uh, overall. Uh, so we got that. Um, an interesting dolphin tie. A story that is tied to the Dolphins, but not necessarily the Dolphins, but I like, and I want to talk a, a little bit about that. Uh, we definitely got to talk about some of the MVP honors, Hall of Fame, all that kind of stuff that went on yesterday. Some people got screwed. We definitely got to talk about that. Um, also, I, I got a, uh, a question for you South Florida sports fans all over the world, right? Something that happened yesterday in another town and maybe an idea you think you should they should you know or, or a suggestion you have that they should do in this town also so we'll get into a bunch of stuff bitcoin it's a beautiful friday baby bitcoin crossed 46 yesterday now it crosses 47 we're on our way to 50 now you know as the as the gbtc flows have gone down and the selling off is, you know, drying up. And yesterday was the second, the second most, um, the second, uh, uh, the second best day 
for ETFs in traffic. Okay. I mean, they're crossing, they've crossed a billion every day, except one day that it was 930 million or something like that. And wait till China and Japan get online and the EU gets online and India and, and the Arab nations get online and they get their ETFs and they start buying the outflows are going to, there's not enough. There's not enough. The supply crunch is going to happen. Like those of us that follow it and we're expecting it, you know, we kind of, you know, figured this stuff out. Um, the supply shock and it's just going to skyrocket now. So this may have been the last dip that you got. There, there could be one more because there is a, a, a bankruptcy that's going on that they're trying to sell off some of their some it's a it's a, an exchange that needs to sell off some of their crypto and they will have some bitcoin there too to sell but again i don't think the offset of that will be much compared to the outflows that are happening right now and wait till the public the general public gets in on it they're, they're not even in on it most of the world is still not even in on it they'll, they'll get in really late unfortunately and they'll start buying when it's at 70 and 80,000, unfortunately. Yeah, but it is what it is. Uh, Ethereum over 2,500. So this is uh, just a, a beautiful day. I don't know. Do we hit 48 today? That's the question. Do we hit 48 today? Alluvium up over 5%. Star Atlas up nearly 5%. Cosmos up over 4%. It's a good day. It's nice to see a lot of green. Alethea up over 6%. It's a beautiful thing. Now we now we got to see if the boys can uh, can get over 48 now. It's nice. It's really nice. Kryptonite, by the way, for those of you that took, the, took advantage of the dip, it's up nearly 13% today, uh, approaching 6 cents. So if you took advantage when it was down to 4 cents, 4.2 cents, 4.3. You're already, you know, in the profits, baby. Neutron also up almost 6%, up to 117. It was down to a dollar two, dollar four, dollar five, now dollar seventeen. So you're bouncing back already. It's a beautiful thing, man. It is just a beautiful thing. I'm loving it. Ah. <sighs> Panthers last night, they got it done. That was good. And, you know, we like uh, searching for our MVPs, you know, because uh, a lot of times here in South Florida, when a team performs at a high level, there's a reason why they performed at a high level. And last night, the Panthers won four to two. So let's go with our Cutter's Edge MVP of the night. Who's last night's MVP? For your complete landscape solutions anywhere in South Florida, there's only one MVP. CuttersEdgePro.com Here's our CuttersEdgePro.com MVP of the night. Liam Quigley is the MVP of every night because, I mean, there are so many lawns and so many HOA complexes and businesses that look so much better thanks to the great people at Cutter's Edge Pro, so William Quigley definitely is a Cutter's Edge MVP of the night, but I got to give it to Mr. Kachuk 
Matthew Kachuk last night had a goal and two assists, leading the Panthers in a 4-2 win. Bob had 21 saves, but Kachuk, man, that that addition of Kachuk, he is emotionally what he, what he brings to the table. It's just like it's it's almost like uh, there there are like. Uh, umbilical cords that are going out to everybody else on the team right and they feed off of his energy his intensity even if he doesn't have a bunch of goals that night or whatever that team feeds off of that dude it's just so fun to watch the way he plays the game the panthers are 32 15 and 4 okay i'm just I love to I know it's all about points in hockey, but the record is so impressive, dude. I mean, this is a team that takes it serious every single night. I wish our basketball team would do the same thing, but unfortunately, hockey is completely cut from a different cloth. Those players take pride in everything that they do. NBA players are spoiled brats that, uh, you know, uh, give me this whole thing, you know, load management. And, and and here's hockey players playing the same 82 games, but physical and you know, load management. Bro, kiss my ass with load management. Anyway, Matthew Kachuk, who played with a broken clavicle last year and scored last night, had a goal and two assists. That's my Cutter's Edge MVP of the night. The MVP of the night is brought to you by CuttersEdgePro.com. Servicing HOAs, condominiums, townhomes, commercial properties, corporate parks, and malls throughout South Florida. CuttersEdgePro.com. Providing South Florida MVP performance every day of the year. Roll call. Let's give Mr. Omar Geiner number one he is in first up on a friday joseph is in thank you very nice of you sir says thankful for another day to listen to my big bro big O. that's very nice of you joseph i appreciate that big time uh stephen joseph is in off season is uh right around the corner stephen hang in there um steve chapman says i'm happy you're back on well i'm back on my foot All right, Steve, I'm not back on my feet. I'm back on my foot is what I am. I'm back on my foot again. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Cap for Life is in. Cleveland Browns were cooking last night. Uh, yes, uh, Ray Sosa is in. Horn Dog, yes, sir. Tua is elite, says Popeye. Nico Jones. Brooklyn Rob. Thank you, Brooklyn Rob, for the tweet this morning. Because he, he saw the timeline and he saw like some of the I, I never understand you idiots out there. You know nothing about blockchain technology or Bitcoin, and then you call it a scam. And you're only repeating something that someone else said. Because if at least you took the time to, you know, study blockchain technology and web three, DeFi, crypto you know, Bitcoin. And then if you took the time, the real time and say, Hey, Oh, look, I don't believe in it because of this, this, and this, and this, and you gave me examples. Great. But when you idiots out there, just, Oh, it's a scam. Would you do repeat the same thing that some idiots said on, on television or some person writing? Like I, I just really 
Like I have, I, I don't argue with you about medicine or auto mechanics. I'm not an expert at any of that cooking or whatever. Like my daughter loves cooking. She does a terrific job, right? I can't talk to her about, oh, no, I think you should do this. I don't know shit about cooking. So I don't tend to discuss something with someone that might, they might know way more than I do and then tell them, no, this is a scam, and I know nothing about it. That, that is the amazing part about America and some of you out there. You know nothing about a specific topic but you have an opinion. How does that make any sense? And that's what I run into with some of you Bitcoin idiots and crypto idiots because you know nothing about it, but then you have something negative to say, but you know nothing about it. So where does, how does that come off as an educated opinion? You know, that's, that's the part. And so Brooklyn Rob clearly saw that exchange with a couple of morons yesterday or last night. Jonathan Dill, big O, looking at two more Canes players being inducted into the Hall of Fame. How backwards uh, the U has become in recent years with the talent evaluation. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone way downhill, man. Gus Gus1388 is in the house. Jamie Zoria reminds everybody to smash the like button. And remember, it's time spent listening is what really helps us. Okay, that's the true component to helping us and and uh, helping us succeed and have more success is time spent listening. Popping in and just hitting the like button and popping back out doesn't really help us. It kills the average. So it doesn't really help us. Um, Cosa Nostra, Miles Deep, Kyle Cockrell. He says Bitcoin is pumping. Altcoins are pumping. It's a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jay Gelfin is in. Luis Benito, why do they have a stable coin? This is what I would tell you, Luis, since you sound like, you know, you're a newbie to all of this. You need to go read. You know what? Maybe you should go on YouTube and find out what is, put what is a stable coin so you can learn. Okay? Because I, I don't have time here to explain stable coins to you and why they exist and what they're going to replace. So you should read up on that. Well, that's what you, a lot of you, what you need to do is actually read and study so you can understand. But I can't bore the crap out of people right now to talk deep into stable coins because nobody is going to make money on stable coins. So that's not what it's all about. Uh, when I jack is in, I currently have ETH staked. Is it better to leave it that way or should I unstake? No, I would stake it. As long as it's liquid staking, liquid staking means that you can unstake at any time, that it's not locked in like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't, I can't unlock it for two years or something. Uh, liquid staking, which I think now it's all liquid staking pretty much, um, as long as it's that, that's the only kind of staking I do. If it's not liquid staking where I can unstake it as soon as I want and, and sell it if I want or, or move it to another wallet or whatever, uh, as long as it's liquid staking, I would stake, dude. Earn interest, bro. Make your money work for you. 
Angelo De Jesus is in Albuquerque. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Alexis Palenzuela. Kyle Cockrell is in. He's uh, trying to help out. You're a stud. Christian. Robert T. 80 Dances. Paul in Connecticut, that is. He says, let's go Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, Brian Landis. Cap for Life. Uh, let's see. Lord Warden. How the bleep do you win comeback player of the year? Yeah, I know. It's 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 brutal. And, you know, I could, I could talk a little bit about this one before we get uh, Cam Wolf on. He hasn't chimed in yet. But um, the Baker Mayfield thing, it, it's a crime. And listen, however you want to look at comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin is not a comeback player of the year. Coming back from the dead is not a requirement okay he deserves a courage award he was never a player in the first place that's part of being a comeback player you know like when we gave it to bernard king he came back from a devastating knee injury back in those days and had a season of all seasons that's comeback player a season of all seasons and so demar hamlin as we've talked about this in the past he was a, a bench player, a guy that was barely hanging on to an NFL roster. There's no comeback there. And Joe Flacco was signed with five games in the regular season. Five games. Baker Mayfield played all 17 games. The man, I believe, had 27 touchdowns. 10 interceptions, and he had a 64% uh, completion percentage, which is pretty good. Not elite, but it's pretty good. He had a hell of a year, dude. His team made the playoffs. He won. Uh, didn't they win the division, right? Didn't Tampa win the division, if I'm correct, right? What more? That's comeback. This is a guy that lost his starting job. Everybody, including yours truly, thought he was toast. And he bounces around a little bit, ends up in Tampa, and completely resurrects his career. He is the definition of comeback player of the year. It's a crime. It's a disservice. It's disrespectful. It's completely wrong what they did to Baker Mayfield. He earned that award. Now, better for him, he's earning himself a nice fat-ass contract where he's going to get paid $40, $45 million easy for the next couple of years by the Tampa Bay Bucks, and as well he should. That's, more, that's better than any award he can get. That, that, that's really what says you've come back. Okay, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. The award is nice, but... The, the salary he's about to get is the ultimate reward that, hey, yo, dude, we believe in you. You know? Just like Ronnie Katz, Boca Jaw Surgery, we believe in him. He knows how to get it done. You ever have any jaw issues and teeth and all kinds of stuff? He uh, took care of my wife, by the way. we My wife lost a tooth in an accident, and so... We're in the process where they've put the stuff in place to put the replacement tooth and all that. 
So he has done the surgery and uh, helped out Sean, too. Uh, Sean needed some help, too. Uh, Ronnie Katz, man. He is the man, BocaJawSurgery.com. So just a, a shame, to be quite honest. A shame that that Baker Mayfield got screwed out of an award that he earned. Earned in a big-time way, dude. I, that, that, to me, unacceptable. But whatever. Uh, uh, I, I, I personally, if you're in the AP and you voted for DeMar Hamlin or Joe Flacco, I would strip your vote. How about that? That's what I would do. Okay? I would walk up to all those AP writers, anybody that voted for DeMar Hamlin, Anybody that voted for Joe Flacco, I'm taking away your credential. I'm taking away your right to vote. Okay? Baker Mayfield should have been the MVP, the the comeback player of the year. That guy played the whole season, dude. He is the definition of comeback player of the year. All right, let's do it. Let's unleash the Wolfpack. Welt, and, uh, I'm sorry. Our KSDTCPA Miami Dolphins report with Cameron Wolf. We unleash the Wolf Pack as we get the latest in the NFL and the Miami Dolphins with our KSDTCPA Pro Football Report with NFL Network Insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDTCPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Here's NFL Insider, Cameron Wolf. What up, what up, what up? How you What's good, O? Not much, man. Uh, I got to tell uh, you, I talking about it before you came on. Uh, I would, uh, I would, every AP writer that voted for Joe Flacco or DeMar Hamlin, I would strip their freaking vote. Um, Comeback player of the year, huh? Yeah, I, I thought what they did to Baker Mayfield was a crime. That guy played the whole season, 27 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 64% completion percentage. His team won the division, got to the playoffs. That is, he is the definition of comeback player of the year. You know, DeMar Hamlin deserves a courage award. It takes courage to come back to play a game that you practically died on. But he was never a player in the first place. He was never a starter. There was nothing to come back from, from him. He was just coming back from the dead. That's different. That's courage. And Joe Flacco played five regular season games. I, I, I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I found that to be the most disturbing thing of the whole night, to be quite honest. So it's interesting. I have a different take here, and I think it's probably because it's personal to me. I think DeMar Hamlin should have won the award, and I think it was easy. Um, I look at it this way, but first I'll say this. I think Baker probably deserved it more than Joe Flacco. I I'm with you there. Baker did it for a full season. Joe Flacco came back from the couch, right? Like he had a great season, but he came back from the couch. Uh, Baker Mayfield came back from, um, you know, playing poorly. Oblivion um, in dealing in dealing with you know multiple kind of uh, bad situations 
we all gave franchise. Up. He came back Damn. and became a. We all gave yeah. up on him. We all gave yes. up on yes. Mayfield. Let's be honest. We all said right. it was toast. That's it. Uh-huh. That's it. Right? And so here's what I think. I talked about this a little bit on Good Morning Football. I think DeMar should have won the award. But I think the issue at hand, and we can't really prepare for a situation like DeMar, but I think there should be probably two different awards. I think there should be Oh, you're breaking up. Ah, uh, you're breaking up. Did I lose you? Yeah, yeah, you're frozen now. You got me? Now, now you're unfrozen. All right, go ahead. Do you, do you got Four me now? Words? Okay, yeah, cool. I'm just driving. Um, I'm, yeah, yeah. I think that there should be two awards. I think it should be a most improved award, which to me, Baker was the right choice for the most improved award. He made the most improvement year over year than any of these guys. Comeback to me is through adversity, whether it's a significant injury or in DeMar's case, death. And so that's what I think the issue is, the framing of the question that we lump those two together. I, I the improvement. You disagree with you, it should be a courage award. I think you're using the wrong adjective, okay? Because when you say comeback player, you have to be a player in the first place. He played last year, we have to be honest. We have to be honest, Damar Hamlin has never been a player, so I disagree. I will say this, dude, he was a scrubberini hanging on to the back end of a roster spot. He's not yeah, a he was, player. A player so I will is, say this. He was is impactful and then loses his job and comes back. Here's where I would call it a courage award. Um, uh, what's it called? The 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 quarterback from um, that blew out his leg in, in Washington that played for Kansas Alex City. Smith. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. That's he courage. He come back player of a year as well. Exactly. When he came it's back. Courage. Yeah, but he played a whole season, whereas DeMar Hamlin, you know. He, he didn't play it well. You're talking about his on the field, but he didn't play well. I know, he didn't play well. But he that's played. Why I would think, that's and, why I would give him courage. And the thing is, the you say courage. Yeah. I, I think, so this is, this is different terminology, but to me, I got to see you come back from adversity. Like, I get Baker being lumped in there, but to me, Baker came back from him playing poorly. Like, he, it was his own play. He didn't come back from any trauma. He just was bad in the system they had him, and then he became good in a different system. To me, that's not coming back from anything. That's being the most improved. You know, that's not, he didn't come back from anything. He just improved. To me, coming back from something requires adversity, trauma. Something happened to you, and you, you overcame that and still was able to come back to this game. And so yeah, I get the you, DeMar you, argument. But you, you came back to actually play. You came back right. to actually so, be so, a player. So that's what I was saying. I guess so the DeMar Hamlin that he didn't never a player, and he wasn't a player again either. He's never been a player. That's the so, problem. So he, I, I get that we get this emotional tie with Demar, and he almost died in the heart, and we have to have you know uh, some 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 sympathy and all that. But we are allowing our sympathy to cloud our judgment. The guy I was never a player ever. I in completely this- disagree. So, so here's what I would say. DeMar Hamlin started, I think, nine or ten games last year uh, due to injuries. And so he played a lot of defense last year. He's, the, the fact that he's never been a player, that's just inaccurate. He played a lot of defense due to injuries last year. Was he any good? Was this he really? Year, he's been there. Come on. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think that he was bad. He was fine. He was a, a backup playing in a starter role, like most backups play in starter roles. That's um, a, that, that's the, that's why to no. me, you and I, you and I differ because to you, comeback doesn't mean that the player was ever any good. And to me, that's what it is. No, it's, see, I think you were either great. I think I think it's an adversity yeah, award. Listen, listen, you were either great and you Kurt Warnered the shit. And, and you got lost in the Giants, and then you found your way in Arizona, that's comeback player. Or you blew out a knee, you know, and then you, you rehabbed, and then you came back and had an amazing season. That's comeback. You came back to be a player again. One way or another, injury or adversity or whatever it is, or maybe you ended up in the wrong situation that it was a terrible offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator that didn't set you yeah. up success and then you go somewhere else where the change of scenery all of a sudden Geno Smith and you're you know a comeback player of the year I, to right. me that's what I like for comeback players. yeah you actually came back I get and you, you. I play you I, know I yeah I get you to me we just disagree on this I think what your discussion is most most improved is on a field thing to me this is an adversity award and so what we just disagree on the core fundamentals of the awards, which goes back to my point that I feel like it should be separated and should be too different. So whether it's what you say and it becomes a courage award and comeback stays with the, the on-field element, or it's what I say that comeback becomes the, the biggest adversity that you come back from to return to the field, which is the meaning to me, and you add a most improved for the people you're talking about who've overcome bad OCs or just being bad. Like Baker was bad. He was a first-round overall pick. Like, this isn't a, a boost, or he was the first overall pick in the draft. He kind of flamed out, and now he re re rekindled. And so that's improvement. I don't know if that's necessarily came back from any trauma or adversity. And so oh, that's, you know, oh, we're, we're talking on, a little different in the meanings. Cam, Cam, there is comeback to it because it's hard to get knocked down in public. And then that plays with you mentally also and it plays with your confidence and you've got to fight you. and you've got to believe in yourself that you're going to fight through all the adversity and all the people like Orlando Alzigari saying, oh yeah, Baker Mayfield's toast. He'll never do anything again. And there you go. You right. go to Tampa and you tell, and you tell Orlando Alzigari, see, you're an idiot. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I am a player. So to me, right. there's a lot to coming back for Baker Mayfield because he had to hear it from everybody that he wasn't good enough, that he was never going to be a starter again. That that F's with you mentally, dude. It has to I hear you. I hear yeah. you. And like I said, I would have voted Baker second for the award. I think Tua was also a worthy candidate, although Tua probably didn't get it because he was good last year. Even though the concussions were a big deal and a big part of the narrative, people forget Tua was very good last year. Yeah. And so to me, that's why I feel like he doesn't get the award. He came back from concussions, but he, he you know, it was not it a career-threatening thing in my, in my vision. Yeah, I, right. I would. I, here's here's the last thing I will say on Demar, and obviously we disagree. And I think there's probably more people who agree with you than agree with me, which is fine. We're in this place to agree to disagree. I was there on the, in the in the ground for eight days in Cincinnati where he died, and seeing the, the looks on people's faces, seeing the impact of people outside of football. Uh, you can say what he want about what he was as a player. He was a backup who played starter reps. He's come back and been a special teams player this year primarily um but i talked to him he's still having uh triggers from that 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 uh that heart attack on the field 
And so that's going to affect your ability to come back to play. But he's still, it's still important to him to come back. He could have easily just said, you know what? My career is good. I can go on a speaking tour the rest of my life. I don't need to come back to football. I can go use this and, and speak to kids. It was important for him to come back, have the courage, have the, the fortitude to say, hey, I'm going to try to play this thing, even through the difficulty, even through the mental gaps. And to me, that shows a lot. And to me, that's the, the quintessential nature of comeback. Yeah, you and I just have a different definition of what comeback is. Yeah. And, and I know exactly what DeMar Hamlin is going through because I have five stents in my heart. And I felt mm-hmm. my chest and my heart like it, it was close to exploding. And ever since I've had the stents in my heart, brother, any little like pain, air, discomfort in my chest, it, it's it, it, it's a paranoia. It's already mm-hmm. in my mind. So, uh, I could imagine that his is even worse because he literally died. I was kind of like on the brink of a heart attack, but they kind of, you know, you know, that kind of shit. Right. So I definitely right. can deal with um, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson. Very happy. Uh, awesome. I almost, I, yeah, but I almost felt like, you know, Reggie Wayne would. Mm-hmm. I thought Reggie would get in ahead of Andre, even though yeah. I'll tell you, Andre is the superior receiver. Andre Johnson mm-hmm. to me is one of the greatest receivers I have ever seen in my life. He was just stuck in Houston with no quarterback. But I thought because of Wayne's success, title, all of that, he might have gotten in. And then I'm also thinking the committee said, man, we're already getting two hurricanes. We can't go three. I kind of felt bad for Reggie Wayne yesterday because he clearly deserves to get in. You know what I mean? And he will get in. Yeah. I almost felt like they said, you know, enough's enough with we're not gonna. We're not gonna put three canes in. And I, I don't know if it was necessarily about the canes as much as the wide receivers. Like through the history, at least for me, the Hall of Fame, they're very reluctant to put in multiple players from the same position in the same class. And so wide receivers, because there's a lot of them, end up in a backlog. Like you mentioned, Reggie Wayne, who's definitely a worthy Hall of Famer. Torrey Holt as well. Torrey Holt's been been waiting for a handful of years. Uh, Steve Smith. Uh, a, a colleague of mine who's a great as well. He's been waiting for a handful of years as well. And so uh, these are guys who have to wait because of that desire to spread it around to the other positions. I think that Reggie Wayne, Tory Holt, Steve Smith will all get in in the coming years. But I do think it's a great time to celebrate Andre Johnson. Uh, my favorite Andre Johnson memory is him beating the beating the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. Uh, but his, the rest of his uh, his career was was absolutely amazing. And he's the first Texans player to go in. Like, there's a certain nostalgia of being the first from a franchise to go in. And, uh, you know, so it was a great day for the Texans overall. C.J. Stroud, Will yeah. Anderson, and uh, Andre Johnson. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad for Andre Johnson. My, my wife, uh, he was a student uh, uh, in one of my wife's classes uh, back in Miami High because uh, that's where she graduated from, and she taught there for the first 12 or 13 years of her career. She taught at her alma mater for a while, and Andre was was uh, one of one of her students, and he was always a great kid too. On top of all of that, that's the other thing. Andre Johnson is as classy as it gets, dude. Like he is elite level classy. You know what I'm saying? And he right. is a pro's pro. And I'm telling you, I very few receivers have had more talent 
than Andre Johnson. I, I wish he would have ended up with a real quarterback for a couple of seasons, and I think people would have seen some incredible numbers from Andre Johnson. I really believe I'm, that. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think he's one of the best receivers to ever play this game. Uh, he was a true number one. He could beat you with speed. He could beat you with power. Um, and they um, knew every single game that Andre Johnson was the guy to stop. He was the guy on that offense, and he still destroyed you. I have so much respect for those receivers. Uh, where are you at? Because I've been saying for a couple of months, Christian Wilkins is gone. Where are you at right now? I think I that I think, I think they're going to sign him, tag him, and I keep telling everybody he go. So what do you? If think? I had to make a prediction as of today, I'd guess that they let Christian Wilkins uh, test free agency. Um, the tag is obviously there as a as a as a tool if they want to use it, but they have a lot of tight cap situations, and that's going to be a tough choice. But my prediction is they let him test free agency. I just don't know if they close the gap on any deal and a 20 minute, 20 million dollar cap hole due to the franchise tag is, is very cumbersome for a team that's already got to cut a lot of uh, space and still improve. And so, yeah, I think uh, if I had to predict as of what, February 9th, uh, I predict Christian Wilkins in another uniform next year. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I guarantee you he will be in another uniform and there will be no tags this year. because I heard that too many times from people, and I think they don't really understand the cap situations. They have a ton of flexibilities, but they're going to have sacrifices along the way with it, yeah. and one of them, and one of them will be Christian Wilkins. It's just the way, it, and, and and get used to it now because now that you can draft and you're going to hit on some, you're going to have to make the tough decision of letting go some, and so now we'll see if in the first or second round they replace Christian Wilkins. That's probably. So you yeah, you've heard me say this before. I think that um, this year, this offseason, you'll see a Dolphins team that comes back that looks less talented uh, initially because they're going to have to trust a lot more young players to fill these spots of these trusted vets. Your Christian Wilkins, your Xavier Howard, your Jerome Bakers are all guys all in question um, as far as next year, as, as well as the guys who will be on the roster but coming back from serious injuries like Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb. Those are five starters and key contributors on defense that there's a lot of uncertainty about and next year and they're not going to be able to replace them all in free agency or the draft i'm with you there all right we'll wrap it up with this prediction who wins on sunday uh let's go with the chiefs i'm not betting against patrick mahomes i actually think it'll be a lower scoring game than people think uh, i think a lot of times we get excited about the offenses and the quarterbacks i think we'll see something in the 20s and i wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to 24 20. Uh, so give me 24-20 Chiefs, and uh, I think there's a big game coming up for Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I don't think he's being talked about a lot. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to have a huge day. Well, they will feed his ass, and that's yeah. one of the things I love about it. Even if he's only getting two or three yards a carry, they will still feed him to keep the defense honest, which is something I would love Mike McDaniel to learn uh, about. American? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will, they will keep doing it. Yes, American Airlines. Go ahead. Uh, I appreciate you, my brother. Safe travels. We'll catch up next week, my friend. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you. You got it. There you go. Cameron Wolf and our KSDTCPA, Miami Dolphins reporter. Remember, KSDTCPA has offices in Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. And they also opened up an office in charlotte north carolina they can help you with tax advisory assurance accounting they do it all folks 
so they can help you. And for business taxes, you know you need that guidance all year long. So call the great people at KSDT CPAs, 305-670-3370. Use that QR code for KSDT CPAs. This has been the KSDT CPA Pro Football Report with NFL insider Cameron Wolf. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full-service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit them at ksdtcpa.com or call 305-670-3370. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. Bitcoin holding strong over 47. Let's go, let's go. Can we get a 48 by tonight? Be fun, 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 fun. Till our daddy takes our T-bird away. Uh, let's do our 3A Graphics sports calendar. Why don't we? Alan Blanco and the great people at 3A Graphics, your company. You're looking for new uniforms, some T-shirts you need for an event, maybe a fantasy league or something. I don't know, whatever it is, hats, pens, calendars, magnets, whatever it is you need, 3A Graphics sports calendar. Alan Blanco, column 786-618-1443. Panthers over the Crapitals last night, 4-2. to two. Saturday, they will take on Colorado at 6 o'clock. Um, Sunday, 2 o'clock on ABC, Celtics and Heat. Uh, last night, number 20, FAU, unfortunately lost. They were upsetted by UAB. I think that's Keith Askins, a former uh, um, former team, right? UAB, seventy six to seventy three, and that may drop the number twenty team in the country out of the top twenty five. John L. Davis was awesome as he always is, seventeen points, eleven rebounds, five assists, three steals. Sunday they're at Wichita State at noon. The Canes, the Lady Canes, Katie Meyer and company got it done last night against Clemson. 75 to 72. They improved to 15 and 7, 5 and 6 in the ACC. Cheyenne Day Wilson, 17 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Sunday, they're at Georgia Tech at 2 o'clock. Saturday, tomorrow, 6 o'clock, Nova Southeastern will take on Embry Riddle. That is your 3A graphics sports calendar. All right, all right, all right. Oh, man. You know, um, we got some time here before Manny Navarro joins us at the top of the hour. Uh, let me move my leg here. Hold on. All right. There we go. I'm sure this uh, won't last very long, and I'll have to move it back up. It's just one of those things when you're just in one position for too long, you know, kind of tough. Top of the hour, take a little break so I can stand too now for a couple minutes here. But um, we didn't get too much into this, but I I, uh, I saw the, you know, I, and you guys have seen it too, the whole thing with Marino and the interviews that he did around Super Bowl week and talking and they asked him about the the logo and you know I, I saw one place pro, we talked about it yesterday pro football network they had the um 
the the all oh, the Marino says he would love to see the old logos, and that was the tease. They didn't give you the real line, which is Steve. He doesn't feel Stephen Ross would ever do it because he loves the new logo. It's his baby, right? And I got to tell you something that as I'm thinking about it, for for anybody out there in that organization, okay, maybe you want to send this message to Stephen Ross. Maybe you want to play this video, okay? Steven, I get it, man. It's your team. You can do whatever you want with your team, okay? But you're a man that's not really liked by your fan base. I just want you to know that. They tolerate you because you're the billionaire that owns the team, and you do a marvelous job of spending money but because you haven't had overall success and there's a lot of screw-ups with your name on it, like Joe Philbin, like Adam Gase, like Indomitian Sue. These are things that like your specific name has on it, you know, kind of staining the team because your decisions heavily influenced those moves. Okay. So, you're a guy that really is not liked overall by your fan base. And you go and change the logo that they love. So all you've done basically is continually piss off your fan base. We're all human beings. I make mistakes every day of my life. Okay. But you know, what's pretty cool. I address my mistakes and I'm open enough to say, damn, I screwed up. Okay. I think you should too. I think you should kind of kill the era of the whale. Maybe ingratiate yourself a little bit to your fan base. Maybe, you know what? Maybe they'll pick up a little bit more sympathy for you. Damn, the dude listened to us. He did what we wanted. I'm just saying, it's not a good look for you. You clearly don't give a shit. Okay? To be quite honest, you really don't care about the fan base. Fan base has been around longer than you have loving the Dolphins. Okay? Because... I'm not exactly sure you were always rooting for the Dolphins when you didn't own them and you were living in New York. So I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not exactly sure. All right? So I'm just saying, do something that the people actually want. You know what I mean? You don't have to listen to the fans at times for football decisions because they're not going to make good football decisions a lot of times. That's cool. But in, in this case, everyone is right and you're wrong. Now, you own the team and you don't care what the fans think. Clearly. Message has been sent. You refuse to accept the message. That's on you. That's all on you, my friend. But if you ever wanted to at least 
win some of your fans back over. And, you know, like a DeMar Hamlin now, that he has the sympathy vote from people for comeback player when he doesn't deserve any kind of comeback player of the year award. Okay? You know, if you want a little bit of sympathy from people, I would bring back the logo. But, hey, man, what can I tell you? You do what you want. You go ahead and continue to bury your existence in dolphin land. Unless you win a title, there's no other way for you to recover from that logo. Put it that way. Fans will never accept that logo overall. You have some fans that will buy it and deal with it or whatever, but most fans, they want to see the old logo back. So the fact that you're not willing to do anything to adjust, that's a absolutely horrible look. There's nothing wrong with making a mistake. You made a mistake. Let's correct it. Anyway. All right, uh, Wilkins is gone. We got to prepare to pay Jalen Waddle, Robert Hunt, and others important pieces for this team and Tua to succeed. Also got to keep Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, those, those I, I think you kind of nailed it there, bro. They're, those will all be re-signed. Most award shows are nothing more than self-indulgent popularity contests. That's probably true. We need big old shirts saying you're a moron. That's, that's actually a pretty good one, Lewis. I like that. I saw some Cardano bought Ethereum yesterday. Okay, that's fine. Cardano's a long play, so that's good. Like, there's a couple, like, Ethereum will pop now. They're just going to pop this in this bull run big time, right? Cardano, you watch out. Total value locked is going up, so their DeFi is growing. So um, that's the part that we've been waiting for with Cardano. And Cardano has made a move, but it's going to be a slow grower compared to what's going to happen with Ethereum because Ethereum, although it's a lot easier to double up Cardano than it is Ethereum, but Ethereum is ready to pop, dude. And so I, I would not call it a bad move. And Ethereum went up to 2,500 yesterday. Uh, I'm a fan of both, but I understand the move. I understand the move on your part. Uh, let's see when I jack. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, to sign Derrick Henry this offseason. But if they don't check out Audric Esteem, running back from North Dakota, he could be a hammer, or do we just stick uh, to Brooks from last year's draft? Um, it's a great question. We have to see what they do in free agency first. And then we can start to talk about that. Ocala Joe is in the house. Ocala Joe, thank you for the love on Cash App yesterday. Appreciate you. Remember Cash App or Venmo. At Cash Big O Show, that is Cash Big O Show, Cash App or Venmo. Always appreciate the donations and the support. Alexis Valenzuela is in the house. Drago, Popeye. Um, let's see, Joey. I want the 2010 Angry Dolphins logo more than these throwbacks. Honestly, that's fine. I don't any of the, you know, type of throwbacks. I'm good with. But as long as it's a type of a throwback. But this stupid whale is just ridiculous, dude. Um, Brian says, I agree. Oh, Ross has been stubborn as hell regarding the logo. Change it back. 
maybe modernize the class. Right. Just get, add your add your touch to it, but bring it back, man. So I just think it's a, a, a terrible look for Ross, dude. I really do. The old logo is meh, but the original colors definitely bring back. Uh, the the Wayne D experience, you, you might be like in the minority, my brother. You know? Uh, you probably are in the minority when it's all said and done on that one. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Polygon is another slow mover. Can't wait for that one. Yes. Remember on Exodus, you can, um, Exodus, you can get the app and also it has, um, uh, um, for your, for your, um, what's it called? Desktop too. But, um, you can stake Polygon and you're right now getting 5.32% on Exodus. So while your Polygon is sitting there, you're earning Polygon and it's, you know, you're lowering your overall price because you're, you're getting interest back and you're getting Polygon. So I just want to give you a heads up. Um, you can stake your Ethereum on Exodus for 4%. You can stake your ADA, your Cardano at 3%, 2.97, your Polygon at 5.32%, your Cosmos, at 17.3%, VeChain is just under 1% at 0.94. Uh, Solana, 7.6%. Uh, Tezos, 5.9%. Algorand, 4.6%. So if you are invested in any of those, um, injective protocol, they've got a 16% uh, um, staking also. And we gave you injective protocol at $1.43, I think $1.34, $1.41 or whatever in August of 2022. It is at $35. And you can stake it and get 16% right now on Exodus. So not only did I give you something that I don't know, from a dollar something to 30 something. I don't know how many times that is. That's a lot. But then you can stake it also at a high percentage. Axelar, fan of that. You can get 8% on, um, on Exodus. So we are here to, not a financial advisor by any stretch, but we're making you money. That's all I got to say. We're making you money, baby. Big time. Love it. And where is still over 47,000? I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. Big O, I'm watching from Bartlett, Illinois. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, uh, let's see. The team needs to get rid of the majority of their high-priced players and get picks. If not a trade, then hope the compensatory picks start fresh. No, no, no. This team is too good to start fresh. You need better coaching is what you need. I went with IMX at the time. Wish the coin landed uh, uh, ahead of INJ. Uh, LOL, IM IMX. We started down at $0.44. Cents. It's over $2. IMX has kicked ass, dude. I'm 
I have a ton of Immutable X. I love Immutable X. And Immutable X is just starting. It'll be in double digits in this bull run. I believe that when it's all said and done, those of us that got Immutable X as low as 44 cents or 50 or 70 cents, you're going to 20, 20 exit. Easy. Easy 20 exit. So we shall find out, my friends. But Immutable X has got so much going for it. It's ridiculous. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Hour number two is next. Manny Navarro is going to join us. Plus, I want to expose the Tua haters and their hypocritical ways. I'm going to tell you about their hypocritical ways in hour number two. When we come back, Sean Stanley mastering the platform. Manny Navarro joins us next to talk a little Miami Hurricanes right here on the Big O Radio Show. This podcast replay is brought to you by Caneswear.com. For all your Canes, Dolphins, and Heat needs, visit them at 2511 South University Drive in Davie. Free shipping with online orders over $99. Go to Caneswear.com at Miami Fanware. That's the spot where South Florida fans shop. I get the mic to work. Got it to work now. There we go. There we go. Yes, yes, yes. You figured by now I would learn how to do this, so. Yes. (laughs) Trust me, I struggle myself, too. I, I frustrate the shit out of Sean all the time. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, Sean. I don't have your skill set. You know, it's just uh, it's just one of those things. So uh, good, good day yesterday, by the way, for the Canes. That was uh, it was nice to see Devin Hester and Andre oh, yeah. Jackson, who never played with a real quarterback. Uh, I wish he did because I think we would have seen, like, elite shit that people – like really would have appreciated to me. Andre Johnson is one of the greatest talents I have ever seen at wide receiver. And I don't care that his stats will never match with some of the the top guys in the league or whatever and other things. But to me, Andre Johnson was as good as anybody, bro. Seriously. He was no question. And, uh, you know, I remember seeing him for the first time uh, at Miami high and thinking to myself, this is a grown-ass man playing high school football. Uh, just such a huge, big-bodied guy. And, you know, he did everything for Miami High. They, they would light him up at punter sometimes. He'd, he'd do some punting for them. Uh, and and uh, just what a tremendous athlete. And then gets to Miami and instantly, right away, is just a guy that you can't deny uh, had to be on the field making plays and, you know, part of that championship squad, the last one at Miami. Yeah, it's just hard to find guys that big, that mm-hmm. fast, that physical, that dominant. Like, there was no weakness in Andre Johnson's no. game. You know, he was a beast at anything he felt like doing. And, and that's that's where – that's the real crime that I don't think the general NFL fan will ever talk about Andre Johnson the way they're supposed to talk about Andre Johnson – because Andre Johnson didn't play on a great team. Yeah, that was the unfortunate side of it. That's that's the unfortunate side of it. He didn't get to uh, to flex in the NFL. But, hey, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. I think everybody who played against him knew how good he was. So yep. uh, just one of the greatest canes of all time, no question. Uh, Devin Hester, best returner I've ever seen in my life, dude. You know, and yep. uh, the, it, it was a frustrating time too early on in his career because – they didn't know how to use him. 
you know, especially at mm-hmm. the U, they couldn't use, they didn't know how to use him. And in the NFL, they never really were able to convert him to a wide receiver. But when it came to the return game, brother, he just had it. It. Yep. First time I laid eyes on Devin Hester was at the state track and field championships. And I remember driving up um, to watch him run and uh, do the hurdles and some of the other events that he was in. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, okay, now I, now I get it. Like, this kid just has another gear that nobody else has uh, in the open field, being able to just take off and explode. And uh, it, it was special to watch. And then, you know, when he gets to Miami, like you said, didn't really know what to do with him because he was so freaking talented. You're like, I got to get him on the field somehow. And I still remember Larry Coker, like, giving him some snaps at running back. Uh, just trying to get him anywhere on the field so he can make plays and just uh, just such a special talent. And uh, it's a shame that, that people are only going to remember him as a kick returner because I think, you know, if somebody would have taken a little bit more time to work with him, he probably could have been an excellent receiver. He might, he might have. I don't know about excellent, but he at least could have become a consistent contributor to help you out somewhere, be a number three, number four guy, you know, on your roster. Yeah. You don't want to overwork him as a returner in a number one or number two. And I, I don't even know if he ever showed those kind of skill sets. But I'm with you. I, I think if somebody would have really taken the time to work with his route running and all those kind of things, maybe they could have made him a little bit more. But, dude, as a returner, wow. Yep. It, it, it was I, – I, I, it got to a point where they feared him so much in the NFL that they did yep. whatever – good to try to keep it away from him and that was impressive it was and 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 it's funny because i really feel like the nfl rules changed and the end of his career we didn't get to see right like what he really could have done if they would have kept uh, the kickoffs back where they were but there were so many injuries on kickoffs and teams obviously wanting to avoid that with the, with some of their marquee players that he that the kick returner kind of got phased out but I, but i gotta say we probably saw the best kick returner ever right before those rules changed and uh, we got we got a chance to see him do his thing. No doubt, Reggie Wayne should be next, dude. Right? I mean, they yeah, probably didn't want there to should be twelve. There should be twelve at the very least soon. Yeah, they they uh, they, they probably didn't want to put three canes in yesterday, but um, <laughs> right, you, did you see his tweet? Yeah, he wasn't happy. I know that he was kind of uh, like, what what else? Right? What else do I got to do? How much longer I got to wait for this? For those of you that didn't see it, there's Reggie Wayne's tweet yesterday. Current mood. And he just, <laughs> that's it. Just current mood and put this guy's face. And you know what? I i get it. Uh, and I almost, let me tell you, I thought maybe he would get in in front of Andre. Yeah. Because he has the Super Bowl. He has the flashy stats with the big team. And, you know, he played on the team that Andre never played on, in other mm-hmm. words. You know I mean? Yep. I, there was a part of me that I would not have been surprised if Reggie got in and Andre had to wait another year. You know what I'm saying? But in the end, I think Reggie will be happy. He'll get it. <clears throat> uh, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to get in. He's not going to be denied. It's just a matter of when. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. After Reggie, is Calais next? Yes. Oh, he yeah. Should be in, right? Yes. Oh, God, yes. Calais? My God. Of course. Jesus, that guy was a dominant defensive lineman. All throughout his career, man. Yeah, I mean, and I remember if I remember correctly, didn't Calais Campbell have like a shitty forty 
or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah, he didn't he didn't run well. He didn't run well. No. Right? Something didn't go well in his workout, and then they held it against him. And then he dra- he got drafted like in the latter part of the first round, and then he and then he just exploded. And you got a bargain of a player at that point, or something. I think it was like that, right? Was it Calais? I yeah. Say it like that. It wasn't a high draft pick to my to my memory. Um, yeah. But obviously, I want to say like twenty third overall or something. Is why yeah, I put yeah, the yeah. number that sticks yeah. out of my head. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, just over a hundred career sacks, right? That's what he's uh, he, he crossed that threshold. I mean, he's got to be in. So uh, and, game and, record, bro. Game and, record. And I don't know. I don't know how many Pro Bowls, but it's just yeah. He game. he would be number thirteen in my mind. And then we'll find out who's next after that if Miami has anybody else uh, of of the modern day guys that would fit. Shit, you're better than I am at this. Who who are you thinking? I'm I'm trying to think of oh Greg Olson. Greg Olson, right? Right, tight end, right? Jimmy Graham might be another one. He had a great career. Right. Um uh, what's it called? Um Frank Gore. Right. Mr. Gore has to because he's what second all time in rushing. So I mean, yeah. how do you not put him in? McGahee. 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 After that knee injury, if you look right. his his stats are Hall of Fame stats. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's a there's a few guys that 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 have a shot to get in. Okay. Yeah. Right. And Otis Anderson was another one that people have sort of over the years and said maybe he'll get in on the back door, right yeah. at the end. But oh, oh God, if he hasn't gotten in by now in the Veterans Committee, when Randy yep. Grubachar and and uh, and and McMichael are getting in, I I don't know, man. I don't know on that one, but yeah, hey, listen, I don't have a problem getting Otis Anderson in there, but because he was special when he mm-hmm. was with the Cardinals. I'm old no enough. I'm old enough to remember Otis Anderson playing and dominating with a with a shitty Cardinals team, by the way. Yep. Okay, all right, and, and a Neil Lomax that used to get injured all the time. Yep, I remember correctly. That was, if I remember correctly, that was one of the quarterbacks during his era. At that well, four, 14 is the most that any school has. I think it's USC and Notre Dame with 14 each. So uh, Miami is getting up to 11 now. Uh, you know, we, we, we certainly have enough candidates, I think, at the University of Miami to say they could potentially overtake both of those programs. All right, so Alonzo Highsmith left. Any yep. word on replacing him? Nobody yet. Nothing that I that I've been able to come up with that's concrete. You know, Mario likes to take his time, as we've come to learn, right? When in terms of replacing guys, and uh, I'm sure there's probably candidates in his mind, but you know, he takes his time through the interview process. You know, and and the running backs coach that was hired, I I spoke with uh, my buddy Bruce Feldman yesterday. Uh, when when the Jamel Adai news broke about him leaving for the Bills, and. Uh, I asked him about the the hiring of uh, the running backs coach. He said the guy just killed it in the interview process. That's why they ended up taking him from USF. He's just a guy, a bright guy. So Mario, the interview process is important for Mario. He wants to uh, be blown away there. Um, There's a guy who coached with Lance Guidry, the defensive coordinator at Marshall, who could be a candidate. He's Cody C and cornerbacks coach, uh, played at LSU, was a defensive back, um, and his name is escaping me right now. Gosh. Um, anyway, he's on Marshall's staff. Coach with Gidry could be a candidate. Um, I think obviously Patrick Sertan. Uh, he's over at Florida State. That'd be a good steal for Miami. Florida State just had a tremendous 
defensive backs uh, class. Uh, and, and, you know, Jason Taylor's already here on the staff. You get another former Dolphin. Uh, that would be pretty cool, right, to have two of them on, on your staff. So, yeah. um, so I don't know. I don't know where Mara's going to go with uh, the DB hire or the uh, administrative hire. I would say this. I would say people who saw the fact that Alonzo Highsmith really didn't have a huge imprint right on the job because Mario's so involved in the personnel decisions. It's going to be a supporting role, not a lead role. It's not a traditional general manager, right? It's uh, it's more of a scout assist Mario in accumulating talent and, and uh, identifying guys. It's Mario's show, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah it's Mario's show. So yeah, everybody's going to, everybody's going to answer to him when it's all said and done. So yeah, I, I would imagine that it's just going to be somebody he trusts to be an extra pair of eyes for him when it's mm-hmm. all said and done to, you know, a kind of a, a check with me guy for him, you know, yep. Hey, think about this and somebody he trusts. So yeah, it's going to be, that's going to be somebody heavily in the trust zone for, yep. for Mark Cristobal. I would imagine on that. All right. What else are you working on the athletics? So folks can check you out, my friend. Well, listen, uh, a lot of off-season stories, that are, projects that I'm working on. Uh, my editor's got a list for me. Uh, I just came out with a quarterback story for the 2025 recruits in the state of Florida. If people want to read that. Uh, one of the kids uh, is actually going to Michigan, the defending national champs uh, here in the state. Carter Smith out of uh, the Fort Myers area. There's um, another young man, plays in Jacksonville, Mandarin, is going to Florida State. So already committed. These quarterbacks are committing so much earlier. Uh, oh, through the process. I mean, the juniors, this is like, we used to be, okay, beginning of senior year where they're going to commit. Now it's like beginning of junior year with a quarterback. Miami's already got their own quarterback, Noah Grubbs, uh, who's, who's committed to the program. So uh, they, they'll be uh, they'll be fine with him, uh, bringing him in to, to in, the, in the 25 class. But uh, if you want to read about the, the in-state quarterbacks in Florida, there's a story there for the athletic. And there'll be more in uh, the weeks ahead, including some roundtables where we talk about the incoming recruits in the ACC, the SEC, all that kind of stuff that I'm involved in. Good stuff as always. Follow him on Twitter at Manny underscore Navarro. Manny, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you immensely. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. You too, brother. Take care. You got it. Don't forget, Caneswear, baby. Use our code, Big O10. You will get 10% off. You're looking for some heat gear right there, Caneswear. They got all kinds of shirts and hats and jerseys and you name it, they've got almost anything and everything with the Canes logo on it. Uh, jackets, classic jackets, sneakers, neon signs for your bar with the Canes logo on it, man. I'm telling you, Brett and all the great people out there, Jeff, you name it, they know how to get it done at Canes where 2566 or 2655, I'm sorry, South University Drive in Davie, Marlins gear, Panthers gear. Uh, heat gear, inner Miami gear, oh, all kinds of inner Miami gear, jerseys, messy jerseys, all of that, man. It's hard to see Messi play because you know he gets injured, but at least you can buy his jersey. So there you go. You get a messy jersey there at uh Canes where baby, and use our code big O10 online or in person, and you will get 10% off. Big O10. And remember, online when you order over $99. You will get free shipping. Caneswear.com. Welcome to Caneswear. New store, new items, same great experience. 
Family owned and operated since 2010, Canesware has the latest merchandise from the Miami Hurricanes, Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, Inner Miami CF, and more. Come visit us at our store in Davie on University Drive, just south of 595, or online at canesware.com. Canesware, the spot Miami fan shop. Arrive, arrive, arrive. And of course, call our friends at Welch and Realm. Jeff Welch, he is an absolute stud, big music guy, too, like I am. So if you're into music, you can also talk to Jeff. And if listen, if something happened to you in the last couple of days, week, month, year, and you don't know if you have a case, call Jeff Welch, man. Welch and Rayom, the consultation is completely free, 954-966-4646. Do what a lot of our listeners have done now the last couple of years. They've called Welch and Rayom bankruptcy homeowner property damage, condo damage, criminal defense, business owner claims, commercial litigation, personal injury. Call my friends, Welt and Raum, 954-966-4646. All right. Uh, Devin, I guess you got your question answered from uh, from uh, Manny about the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's uh it's USC and uh and Notre Dame with the most. We're in we're third behind those two. So you got that. Kyle says, Big O, you're a utility investor. I'm surprised you don't have any Caspa. It's getting ready to take off. If you haven't done much research on Caspa, you should when you have a chance. I have uh I know about Caspa, my brother, and I know it's a, a good investment. Uh, I am just not rich, I'm a working stiff. And so I'm involved. Yes, I do have a lot of chains that do have utility and I'm invested in them. I just didn't invest in Caspa, but I have nothing bad to say about Caspa. You know what I mean? But there's a, there's a lot of coins that, you know, that I'm a fan of that I think are good companies, but I, I just don't have the money to invest in them. You know what I'm saying? So like if I go through it, right, I don't have any Solana and Solana is a good company, even though I, kind of uh the network uh crashes were scaring the shit out of me so that's one of the reasons why i never really got into them but it's a good company i know it's got uh, an ecosystem that is just absolutely sick okay uh i'm not a uniswap guy but i know it's a solid company that's one that you can optimism not into optimism but i know it's good um near protocol love near protocol not involved in near protocol um, let's see what else. Arbitron, I think is, eh, you know, I think it's all right. I'm not crazy about Arbitron, but I think it's all right. Let me, let me go with something I'm a little bit more crazy about, um, say blockchain, you know, I don't have any say I have sailor, but I'd say, um, you know, there, there are stuff, there's stuff out there that I quant, I'm not in a quant and I think quant is phenomenal. Uh, Quanta's, there's not a lot in circulation. Uh, I think Quant's going to explode. You know, that's another one. Not into it, but I don't, I don't have money in it, but it's good. I think Beam is a very good blockchain and gaming blockchain. I think because gaming is going to be so big, Beam, I think is pretty good too. These are things that I like and I, I don't have the money to be in it. I'm a working stiff dude. You know, I'm not rich. Wish I was rich. Be fun. I'd get even richer. That's what would happen. By the way, Alethea up 8%. All right. 
I like it. I like it. I like it. Where are we at with Bitcoin? Bitcoin still over 47. Let's uh, let's go to 48. Come on, Bitcoin. 47382. I like it. So there you go. Ocala Joe, thank you, sir. Remember Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. Ocala Joe, thank you, sir. Appreciate you as always. Very supportive of the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you, my friend. Very nice. Cash App or Venmo at Cash Big O Show. That is Cash Big O Show. And remember, you can make a Bitcoin donation, which you know. I love me some Bitcoin donations. That's the donation that just keeps on giving forever, which is a beautiful thing. We love that. So thank you, Ocala Joe. Appreciate you, my brother. I I saw a story that was pretty cool. And as a hardcore Dolphins fan like I am, And as much as I love the team, as a lot of you do, and root for it and wanted to have incredible success because we're real fans and we really root for them. And so I got to tell you that uh, there's a little something that I'm also rooting for now. Now, this sum, I'm not going to root for it when it's against the Dolphins, but I am rooting for it because... I uh, I read a story about Chris Shula, and obviously, you know, those of us that are are longtime Dolphin fans, and those of us that are older fans that we lived the Shula era, right? I I was born in the Shula era. I grew up with Don Shula, you know, Don Shula and Pat Riley to me are you know in a in a place where they're untouchable. You know what I'm saying? That's where Pat Riley is. That's where Shula is. Uh, the love and respect and support that I have for those men uh, will, will just never end because what they've done for me as a sports fan in this town and for my teams, you know, I can't thank those two men enough, to be quite honest. The two most important figures in sports history in South Florida are those two guys. Although we could argue Joe Robbie because of without Joe, there's a lot of things that don't happen, but, you know, we'll, That's a whole other conversation. But I read this story about the Rams' new defensive coordinator, former linebackers coach, and his name is Chris Shula. And as you all know, he is the grandson of the great Don Shula, right? And so one of the things that he he talks about is, you know, his grandfather and the impact that he's had and how he carries himself and how he plans to you know how he plans to continue to conduct his his profession and how he carries himself right and um and oh, wait a minute oh okay there we go and so uh Krishula is quoted it says uh i'd like to think um i'd like to think he would think i did it the right way Krishula said i just focus on building relationships with the coaches and the players working as hard as i can uh, working as hard as i can to provide clarity for the players so that they can play their best i'd like to think he'd be proud of a lot of the lessons i learned from him the discipline the accountability that you have to have to show your players by being prepared by leaving no stone 
unturn in your preparation so they can go out there and they can feel confident when they take the field. As for his philosophy, my defensive philosophy, it's about the players. It goes back to, I remember somebody asked my grandpa this question. How has the game changed since he was coaching? He had been retired a bunch of years now at that point. And to me, it's simple. The game is relentless pursuit of the ball. It's getting off blocks. It's tackling. It's taking the ball away. Defense hasn't changed over the course of time. And that's what this defense is going to be about. He's 37 years old, right? The Rams, by the way, were ranked number 24 in sacks last year, number 24 in interceptions, number 20 in total defense, number 20 in pass defense, number 12 in rush defense, and number 15 in red zone defense, and number 18 in third down defense. So he's got some work ahead of him. Now, I'm old enough to have seen Shula's two sons coach, okay? And David Shula was a pretty solid coach. I don't know if uh I don't know if I would say the same about the other brother in Cincinnati. Okay. I'm sorry, Mike Shula was a decent coach. David Shula. I know he got to Cincinnati, but yeah. I can't say I was impressed with his body of work ever in Cincinnati. So just because you're a Shula doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be great. Only one Shula has been great. That's Don Shula. Mike Shula was a decent coach. He did a decent job. David, eh. So I don't know how good Chris will be. But I do know this. Because of what Don has done for us, I will be rooting for Chris Shula. Okay? I, I like how the young man carries himself. Um, I got to be brutally honest with you. I had no idea he was in the league. I had no idea he was Sean McVay's friend since college, and he has been with them for seven years. Had zero clue about that. Okay? Totally. And I got to be out front with you there on that one. I didn't know. Didn't know that Don Shula had a nephew coaching in the NFL. But I will say this. Unless the Dolphins are playing the Rams, I'll be looking at Chris Shula and, 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 and hoping for the best and hoping that another Shula becomes a great one. Because that, my friends, would be incredibly cool that the bloodlines are alive and well and that modern-day football has a new Shula to kind of, you know, display. For me personally, that would be pretty cool. So I wish Chris Shula the best. And I will be rooting for him unless he plays the Dolphins, of course. Uh, Big O, do you have V-Chain and Jazz, Jasmine? I'm buying in. Yes, uh, yes. I've had V-Chain for three years now. I've had Jasmine for, God, I don't know how long it's been, but probably somewhere in the nine months range or something, maybe a year. Not exactly sure, but yeah. Yeah, we got I I got uh, the I got Jasmine down at its at its low, and um and then I I bought V chain, I had V chain in the five six and seven cent range initially, then after all this dip, I took advantage and bought it in the one cent and two cent range a bunch to lower my average, 
So now I will sit patiently. Although I will tell you this, I think V chain is more about late 2024 into 2025. That's one that I think will be one of my later uh, in my portfolio. I think that will be one that will be one of my last ones to kind of explode, to be quite honest. So I, I, while I've been invested in it, I'm also very well aware that VeChain is a slow builder and it probably will take a while, okay? So there you go. Uh, let's see, and Ender Fireplay. Thank you for the super chat, sir. Appreciate you big time. Roy Benita says, let's go Bitcoin and ETH. Hells to the yeah. Uh, King Chile, Chile says, uh, exactly same, was born in the Shula era also. There you go. Thank you, Joe Thomas, says Rosendo. Uh, I, no doubt Joe Thomas deserves a lot of love with Bethard and some of those guys. And, uh, and uh, Young also early on, too. Oh, talk about a small world, says Ocala Joe. My wife went to school with you at Hialeah, and I went to school at Miami High like your wife. Isn't it a small world? Yep. Uh, Finns play the Rams in L.A. next season. We got to get Big O and Sean out there for that one. That would be cool. That would be good. I, I, I will never uh, deny a trip out to the West Coast. Love visiting the West Coast. Uh, Devin says, Big O, do you think Richmond Webb will get elected to the Hall of Fame? I, I think he will never get in. I think he will never get the love and, and, and respect that he deserves, unfortunately. Yeah. And he deserves to be in. But you don't have the big success. They hold it against you, dude. It, like, sucks. Really does. Uh, Hall of Fame stuff. Let's go over a couple things. I got no problem with Julius Pepper, Dwight Freeney, Patrick Willis, Randy Gratishaw, Steve McMichael, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson. Really good class overall. Um, the Reggie Wayne stuff, as you all know, and if you didn't see it before, we'll show it to you again. But uh, Reggie Wayne was not happy that he didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. This was his tweet. Okay. All right, current mood, and that's it. And I don't have a problem with that. And that's cool. And did he get snubbed? Yeah. Will he get in? Hell yeah. He'll get in. I don't know if they didn't want to put three canes or two receivers. They did put two defensive ends and in, in Peppers and Freeney. So whatever. You know what I mean? But maybe the receiver thing, they didn't want to put another receiver in there or a third cane. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you the bigger problem I have with the Hall of Fame yesterday. I told you with the award show, my biggest problem was the whole Joe Flacco comeback player of the year. That's bullshit. Baker Mayfield by miles is the comeback player of the year, and it's not even close. I'm sorry. But can I give you something? That has nothing to do with the Miami Dolphins. Okay? I'm just being objective here. That's all I'm doing. How the hell did Antonio Gates not get into the Hall of Fame yesterday? It was his first shot at the Hall of Fame. 
if I've ever seen a first ballot Hall of Famer at tight end, it's Antonio Gates. It's Kellen Winslow. It's Tony Gonzalez. It's Travis Kelsey. It's Rob Gronkowski. It's Patrick Willis. I, I, I know what first ballot tight end Hall of Famers look like. Why are we disrespecting the man? I'd love to know why the hell we're disrespecting one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game. Why are we making him wait to a second year? He is elite of the elite. I don't understand that one. You know, the Reggie Wayne thing, he'll get in and, you know, two canes already, a receiver, whatever, fine. Antonio Gates? Antonio Gates is a first ballot Hall of Famer. End of story. I mean, let do, do I got to read his stats? I mean, for those of you that, I don't know, maybe you didn't follow Antonio Gates' career, but the man had 116 touchdowns. He averaged 12.4 yards a catch, which means he had a first down every time he caught the ball. And every time you needed a first down, you could not stop Antonio Gates. He caught the ball 955 times for 11,841 yards. As disgusted as I am with the AP and their writers and their voters for not giving Baker Mayfield, who was head and shoulders above everybody for comeback player of the year, this is the other crime that I did not understand. We just, you know, we don't need to make the Beatles wait to get into the Hall of Fame. We don't. We don't need to have Pat Mahomes wait to get into the Hall of Fame. We just don't. Okay? Just, why are we doing this? There are some people that are just no-brainers. You know how Lamar Jackson was a unanimous MVP, which I don't have a problem with that. He had a fabulous regular season. That's fine, whatever. But I have no problem with Antonio Gates. I I just don't don't understand that. I really don't. Like, this is like a really special player, dude. At that position, he was as dominant a pass catcher as you've ever seen at that position. How many times were you watching the Chargers and you knew the ball was going to Antonio Gates? You knew it, I knew it, and you weren't stopping it. I I, I got to tell you, I saw that yesterday and I was like, wow. This is just, this is a crime. Like, no, you cannot do that to this guy. Total horse shit, got to say. Anyway, 
Uh, Antonio, you're correct. We play in L.A. and Seattle. There you go. Big O, do you think? Okay, I got that. Who did Antonio Gates piss off? I have no idea of Bill's fake crowd noise. No idea. Antonio's the top 10 all-time tight end. Easy. No, Ben Coates is not in the Hall of Fame yet. But Antonio Gates is way better than Ben Coates. And Ben Coates was a hell of a tight end. I, I, I just, I didn't understand that one. Lenny says Antonio Gates was a beast. It's a crime that voters are doing this. What a bunch of clowns. I think the problem with voting, uh, the problem is who is voting for the Hall of Fame inductees, but they probably didn't see them. I mean, then you shouldn't be voting. Oh, I remember a few years back when Drew Pearson got snubbed and how pissed he was. Cameras, family, and friends were all there. I, I just didn't get that one, man. I saw that and I was like, wow, dude. Really? We're, we're going to do that? Have a little fun with this one. Did you guys see that the, the Kobe got his statue yesterday? Well, rest in peace, Kobe. But they put the Kobe statue out in the in the Crypto.com arena in L.A., right? I'm sure you guys all saw that in the news. And we all know that the Dwayne Wade statue is coming, right? So let me ask you something. What statue belongs outside the Miami Dolphins Stadium? And it's not there right now. And it should be there. It should have been there. What statue would you have at that stadium? How about the Miami Heat? Is there a statue missing that they haven't included already? Marlins have never earned a statue because you can't keep people around. What are you going to put a Jeff Conine statue? That's about it, Mr. Marlin. It's all you can do. Panthers are on their way now, right? Kachuk, Barkov, these kind of these kind of players have that history. You know what I mean? So, but we're not there yet. So the Dolphins and the Heat, and how about the Hurricanes? Right? Because I was thinking about this. If that's your stadium now, we can include a couple hurricane statues. Okay? If we're not going to put it there, then let's go put it in a green tree practice field. You know, whatever. Maybe, maybe they should have a Hall of Fame row at the University of Miami. When you come out of the locker room onto the green tree practice field, there is a Hall of Fame row because you can have a couple of rows when it comes to the Canes. I know they have their own Hall of Fame, but like statues right there. Be pretty cool. Be fun. So who would you include? I love the Zoe one. Love the Zach Thomas one, Skyler. That one's terrific. Shula's already there. They have a Shula statue. 
They, they, I believe they have a Joe Robbie statue, don't they? Isn't there a Joe Robbie? I'm pretty sure there's a Joe Robbie statue. No. Oh, it's a plaque. Oh, okay, that's what it is. I think it's a plaque when you walk into the VIP area. It's right there on the entrance walls, I believe. Yeah, I want to say it, because I think the only two statues are Shula and Marino on the two sides, I believe. Okay. Unless they put up something else, because you walk between them to get into the VIP area there, I believe. Which one is missing for you? If if there's a dolphin one, I have one in my mind that it's like the most perfect statue in the history of mankind for Miami Dolphins. Like this man belongs on a statue because it's better than Shulin Marino statue. Do you know who I'm talking about? Any idea, Sean? Who do you think? Who do you think I'm talking about, Sean? Who would you put? If there's one guy, somebody got the one I wanted. He wrote it twice now. True Finn fan and I think alike. Larry Zonka, bro. How, how is how, how do we not have a Larry Zonka statue outside of of uh, Hard Rock Stadium? Like seriously, that that nobody, but nobody in the history of the Miami Dolphins is better suited to be honored with a big ass statue of a nasty looking dude that just wanted to punish you in in, in Larry Zonka. That would be a, I think that would that would be something that so many Dolphin fans would clamor to, because especially with the older fans. Zonk is one of those guys that is, man, he is loved. Like, big. And and then Marx Brothers, a statue of the Marx Brothers. You know what I'm saying? That'd be pretty cool. Now, we don't do the Riley statue because he's not retired yet, Sean. Is that what we're doing? Is that what we're doing? Right? I got to say it. The Riley statue better be the biggest statue in Heat history. I'm just saying. Nobody has meant more to that franchise than that dude. Jason Taylor would be a terrific one. I like that one. No, Blackwood brothers don't deserve it, but, you know, it's fun if you want to do that. Uh, Dougie Fresh says, uh, oh, if I fund your Sammy's lap dances and Dairy Queen dogs, will you come stay with us next year at the Senior Bowl? Yes, I will. But I thought Sammy's was closed. Sammy's closed years ago on, on Airport Boulevard. Is There's another location in Pensacola, I guess. Uh, let's see. What else? Larry Zonka with the twisted. Exactly. Dude, you nailed it. Twisted nose, maybe a little blood. The the loop, you know, just there. It's just, come on, man. Larry Zonka statue is 
that's what they made statues for. When they created Zonko, it's like, well, we got to start creating statues because that dude is a statue. He was the most dominant running back in the league at his time. Yep, he was. Just carrying four or five guys. Freaking awesome. <laughs> Marlins, Luis Castillo. <laughs> Crash Jensen, I love it. I love it. So when sports and business collide, we like doing something called the KSDT CPA Sports Business Report. not know this but then again when it comes to this i don't know anything <laughs> so you know how i have those idiots that try to argue with me about bitcoin when they know nothing about bitcoin you know it's like okay so like i'm gonna argue with sean about wrestling when sean forgot more about wrestling 30 years ago than i know now okay not what he forgot a week ago no, no, what he forgot 30 years ago is more than I know right now, okay? So I argue what I know, or I think I know. And this is something I did not know. But I'm sure Frankie Fresco, along with the stud that is Sean Stanley, knew this. AEW has some top talent on their roster, but Chris Jericho is reportedly the highest paid wrestler. Jericho was the first major talent to jump ship from WWE to become All Elite when the promotion first launched in 19. Even before AEW had a TV deal, Chris was on board. According to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, he may not be the only OG AEW star, but he also happens to be the highest paid talent on the roster. Meltzer mentions that he's talking about the February 6th edition of AEW Dynamite it was during this show that Jericho put uh, Konosuke Takashita. Uh, Dave notes that the highest paid talent in the company in AEW wants to protect his investment, especially if you're paying a star that much money. Meltzer goes on to say anyone can put over these guys. Still, Dave states that you need to have someone like that lose, and when they lose, it means something. It also states it's great for Takashita. At age 53, Jericho is a veteran of the business and one of the biggest stars in the industry before becoming all elite. Chris worked for WCW and WWE. So, Sean, I ask you, if he is the highest paid, do you happen to know the number? Because that's the one thing it doesn't mention in the article. Apparently, he doesn't have the figure. Now, is that figure depending on how many matches you are in throughout the year or something or what's the deal walk me through this no it's um it's just a set nowadays again back in the old days yes it was figured on where you were on the card and it broke down a percentage of how much you made of the house that night now it's just um <clears throat> excuse me geez um now it's just based on a um 
basically you sign a like Cody Rhodes signed a three year one or three year nine million dollar deal with WWE. He gets three million dollars a year regardless. Okay. AEW doesn't have to put out the figures because they're technically a privately owned company. Okay. And they did what when they first started, I don't know if they're still doing this now because they've gone very hush on their uh, pay scale. They were doing what they called a tiers. So your your years in the business represented on how much your pay scale would be, which is why okay. Jericho was one of the highest paid guys. And plus he was also paid because of his name. Now, the thing also is, AEW has a payroll, but then they did the same thing WCW did. So there's other companies that the cons have. Some of the bigger names are getting paid from those companies because AEW's Uh budget is what it is. And that's what WCW did. When Hulk Hogan came over, Hulk Hogan was not signed to WCW. He was signed to Turner Broadcasting. Same with some of the other guys, the bigger guys in the NWO. So that's how they got out of that's why when the contract sold to WWE, only a handful of wrestlers actually showed up on WWE TV because they didn't have Hulk Hogan's contract and he was getting paid all the big money from Turner still. So why show up on WWE TV for less money? I'll just keep getting paid the big money, sit at home, contract expires, boom, he shows up on WWE TV. So, okay. you know, that's the reason why nobody knows the number because nobody AEW doesn't have to put it out there because technically now they're privately owned, so you don't have to throw it out there, whereas... WWE is uh, publicly owned, so everything's kind of free record. Okay. There you go. When sports and business collide, baby. And if you need your taxes done, call our friends at KSDT CPAs. They can help you out. Call them 305-670-3370. Even if you're in crypto, they can help you out, and they can help your business year-round, give you the guidance that you need. A top 200 firm by Forbes, KSDT CPA. This has been the KSDT Sports Business Report. KSDT CPA is one of South Florida's largest and one of the country's fastest growing accounting firms. KSDT is recognized by Forbes as one of the top tax and accounting firms for 2022. KSDT CPA is a full service firm that also excels in crypto. Visit online at KSDTCPA.com or call 305-670-3370. Coming up, we're going to tell you and, and tell you why uh, Tua haters get exposed. Something happened yesterday that I thought about, and Tua haters would be hypocrites in this case. Yes, Sean. Can you throw up the picture uh, that you keep throwing up, the tweet? Of Reggie Wayne? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Do you not know who that is? That's a wrestler. Yeah, it's Kurt Angle. He's a gold medalist. He won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Oh, okay. All right. That was from his uh, reality show that he did. He, he became a meme because of that. <laughs> okay. I, I know the face. I just, you know, again. You were like that guy. I'm like, that guy. I was yelling in my microphone. It's Kurt Angle. <laughs> but that's you, not me. You know, it's, again, I'm not going to argue with you about wrestling. I'm not going to try to tell you is something wrong or this, that, because you're going to know about it. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly my point with some of these people. Uh, let's go with birthdays today. I know my place. You want to argue sports? I'm with you. You want to argue music? Let's go. You want to you want to talk crypto? Let's go. But there's a bunch of other shit that I can't get into because I don't know anything about it. 
Michael B. Jordan, happy birthday to him, sir. He is 37 years old today. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, movie actor, is 43. Uh, Joe Pecci is 81 years old. Uh, Saquon Barkley is 27 years old. He could be a free agent. Dolphins could get a running back like that. Uh, let's see, but I doubt they would trade and give a big contract. So he would have to be released. They're going to try to trade him first. Carol King, the legend, the badass, the absolutely straight-up Hall of Famer, the glorious one, Carol King. She is 82 years old. Man, she is awesome. Jair Alexander is 27 years old. Shiloh Sanders, Dion's kid, is 24 years old today. Mia Farrow, 79 years old today, the actress. Uh, let's see. And that's it. Those are birthdays today. Let's go with music history. Do we have it? What did I do with it? Did I lose it? Why did I, did I not save it? All right, let me let me pull it up this way then. I thought I I thought I saved it, but apparently I didn't. I screwed up. So I will have to go back to find it, but I know where to find it. And here we go. Let's give you music history. Today in 64 on this date, the Beatles made their live debut in America with their famous performance on the Ed Sullivan Show. The Fab Four performed five songs, including the then-current number one song, I Want to Hold Your Hand. I Want to Hold Your Hand. 73 million people tuned into the broadcast. In 72, Paul McCartney's Wings made their concert debut at Nottingham University in England. In 2009, on this date, Led Zeppelin singer Robert Plant took home five Grammys for Raising Sand, his bluegrass collaboration with Alison Krauss. Among the trophies they won were Album of the Year, Record of the Year, Please Read the Letter. Bruce Springsteen also left the winner, scoring the Grammy for Best Rock Song for Girls in the Summer Clothes. In 81, Bill Haley, on this date, who... Hailed as the first rock and roll star after success in 1955 with Rock Around the Clock, died of a heart attack. In 2009, Foo Fighters' David Grohl, as well as his record label, sued Miramax Pictures, accusing the Disney-owned production company of unauthorized use of the Foo Fighters' song Big Me in trailers for the film Rounders. Pay the man his money. So all I can tell you, okay, pay the men his money. Also in music, which I know nothing about this, this kind of music, DJs and all that shit, Cascade has now stepped up to replace Tiesto as the Super Bowl's first in-game DJ. All right. So Tiesto had a family emergency, so he's out. 
Cascade grew up in Chicago watching the Super Bowl every year with his family. He's excited to be a part of this. I have no idea what Cascade is. I've heard of Tiesto, but I don't know shit about Cascade. I just, you told me Cascade, and then I'm just thinking Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh? That, you know, that's like, that's, that's all I end up, you know, that's what goes through my mind. The other thing is, and getting old sucks for all of us, right? Because at one point or another, you're out of touch with things, right? And you don't adjust to what's going on. Uh, I see it all the time with Mad Dog. I mean, he is definitely the incredibly old man on the lawn a lot of times, right? Not very good at adjusting on things and how life is. I kind of laugh at his old man takes. And so this is another old man take that doesn't really understand it. So Usher is performing as the halftime um, artist in the Super Bowl, right? And so a lot of people are wondering why you haven't had a rock band do it. And so Aerosmith kicked things off in 2001 in Tampa. U2 took the stage later in New Orleans in the Super Bowl. Sting was a special guest in 2003. Paul McCartney kicked off uh, six straight rock-focused halftime shows back in 2005. Back in Jacksonville, the Rolling Stones were in 2006. Prince in 2007. Tom Petty in 8. Bruce Springsteen in 09. Red Hot Chili Peppers, by the way, weren't the headliner, but they were there with Bruno Mars back in 2014. But a rock star has not even repeated a halftime performer, and they haven't even had one in several years now, right? And here's the problem. I'm a big rock guy. Anybody that watches this show, you know I love my rock and my metal. I'm huge, and that's my first genres of music that I like over anything else. There's lots of other genres of music I love, but first and foremost is going to be rock and metal. Always. All right? That's where the center of my heart is when it comes to music. All right? Not that I don't like other things. Love other things. But I'm also realistic. And the problem why, for those of you out there that are stuck in that, okay, the rock bands now aren't as mainstream anymore. And so unless you have a rock band that is currently charting all kinds of hits in the last couple of years, year two, three, whatever, which it doesn't exist, really, okay, they're going to go with Usher or Dua Lipa or whatever they're going to do. They're going to go with something that is more mainstream, which rap and pop are way more mainstream than rock and, and especially, please, metal. If you're not... Forget about metal at halftime of a Super Bowl show. You know what I'm saying? So those days of the Who and the Rolling Stones and all that, that's dying out. But no, it's actually died out. So before they do any of that, they're going to do Rihanna and they're going to do Taylor Swift if they can get her or Beyonce or whatever. They're going to try because they're going for women. The commercials, the halftime they're going for women. Guys don't necessarily stick to the tube at halftime. 
they get up, they walk around, they bullshit, they talk, they smoke a cigar, a cigarette, a joint, they go have a couple of drinks, they walk outside with the fellas, whatever it is, but they really don't stick there to watching the television at halftime. They go grab some food, some lechong, some chicken, some fruit, some whatever, whatever it is you do, you go do it. You go take a dump, you go take a piss, whatever it is that you do. But you, the guys aren't really like the football guys. They're not really stuck at watching halftime. They're checking their phones. They're doing whatever. They're calling their buddy across the country, across somewhere else. Bro, did you see that at half? And that's what they're doing at halftime. The women, they're watching. They're the ones that are going to drive up the viewership. That's why they've compartmentalized this whole thing. And they sell the halftime shows separately from the game. And those of us that love rock and metal, okay, we have to understand that we have been aged out. And so unless there's a young band that comes up and has all kinds of hits and they become mainstream, then that's what's going to happen. Then you'll get it. Foo Fighters could pull it off, but do they have a whole bunch of hits lately? No. And that's my point. I agree with you on the Foo Fighters. In fact, I've mentioned it many times. Dave Grohl is our last rock star. That's the last rock star we've developed. We don't have another rock star after Dave Grohl. That's how crazy it is. So I agree with you that that Foo Fighters would be great, but right now they're not mainstream in the sense that they don't have a couple of hits in the top 10, top 40. And that's what they're looking for. So you need to be a rock band that is currently successful in the mainstream in order to break through that threshold. If you're not doing that, I don't think we'll see another rock or metal, definitely not a metal band, but maybe a rock band. So... Just wanted to give my two cents. Uh, by the way, welcome back to Mike Zimmer to the NFL. Because the best part about having Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys is his girlfriend. And if you don't believe me, just go look at what that 70-year-old man picked up. <laughs> NorCal. Tool doesn't have a song short enough to do a halftime show. Them playing Hush at halftime would be sick. Yes, it would. Uh, Usher is the same time period as Foo Fighters. Yeah, I know, but he's more mainstream because the women love him and all that and the R&B and the pop and, you know, the dancing and everything, the entertainment side of it, man. I'm telling you, we, we have been aged out, not priced out. Not a bias, right? We've been aged out. And I think people need to come to that realization. Okay. Let's get into the Tua haters. And I'm going to give you an, uh, an example of, you know, Tua haters are not believers in the kid, right? And, well, you know, you're not winning playoff games and you're not taking the team to the Super Bowl and those kind of things, right? And so you hold it against him, right? That's what the Tua haters are doing, right? They're blaming the one person on everything going on. 
Okay. So the Tua haters over the years have clamored for other quarterbacks. Right. And one of the guys that a lot of you have clamored for as Tua haters is Lamar Jackson, the hometown guy. But see, here's the thing about Tua haters and why they're hypocrites. And a lot of them are phonies. So what do you think a Tua hater would do? Those of you on the chat board right now, what do you think a Tua hater would do if his quarterback is Lamar Jackson and keeps losing in the playoffs? Has great regular seasons because it's hard to prepare for that offense, but he shits the bet every time in the playoffs. This year, they got by a rookie quarterback and a rookie team having success in Houston, and then he shit the bed against a real team and a real quarterback like he normally does. So while the two haters would clamor for Lamar Jackson, what would they say after the fact, after every year, no matter if he won his second MVP last night, which well-deserved, whatever, all that, does it mean anything in the playoffs? Absolutely nothing. But the funny part is that the people that hate Tua and clamor for Lamar Jackson, if Lamar was here and shitting the bed every time in the playoffs, what would they say? Oh, he got an MVP trophy. Big deal. He can't win in the playoffs. What does that mean? That's what would be on the chat board right now. Because I find it hilarious. Oh, I want Lamar Jackson. I want Lamar. Okay, you want Lamar Jackson, but he never wins in the playoffs. Yeah, he can run like the wind, but he can't throw you to a championship. As it's been proven over and over and over and over again. It's a fun offense for the regular season. It really is. But there's two MVPs. What do they mean if you can't win in the playoffs? I mean, Mahomes is an MVP that wins in the playoffs, right? Isn't that what it means to be an MVP? Just saying. Because I love the people that clamor for Lamar Jackson. But the same people that rip into Tua would be killing Lamar Jackson, even today. If he was a Miami Dolphin and he won the MVP for the second time, but he's constantly getting eliminated in the playoffs and, you know, throwing those interceptions and making bad mistakes at bad moments. Those of you that are two haters, you would be killing Lamar. You would be assassinating Lamar. Okay. Shows the level of hypocritism we'll, we'll make up a word of you to a haters you'd all be burying lamar jackson right now absolutely burying him cash app or venmo cash big o show that is cash big o show cash app or venmo if you ever want to make a donation big o i think you two would be a great halftime show they've done it before but you know I'm a YouTube guy. 
but they've got to have hits and it's got to be on, on a roll at that moment. And they don't have that right now. You know, I actually love the last two albums they've taken up, but that was already a few years back. So, yeah. Usher can absolutely, Usher is a hell of a talent, dude. And the women are going to love the Usher halftime show. It's just the way it is. Oh, I think you deserve a statue outside of Acura Pembroke Pines and Hialeah Casino, baby. There we go. I like it. I like it, Stephen. Get it going. My wife has asked me a couple times, when is Usher performing again? I'm like, it's called halftime show during the Super Bowl, honey. It's not a concert. Oh, and it'll be this Sunday? <laughs> Lenny? say exactly what I'm talking about, my brother. Now, Lenny, if it was a rock or metal band, is your wife asking you? No. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, Tua is a good quarterback, not a lead. Is a good quarterback going to win us a championship when the roster isn't? Nobody wins without a roster that isn't stacked. So that's kind of wrong there, Troy. Everybody wins with a stacked roster in the Super Bowl, Troy. That's kind of why you got to the Super Bowl. You know, if if you can name a shitty team that a quarterback carried them to a Super Bowl win, I'd love for you to name it. I'd love to hear that one, Troy. You got one? Should I put some pressure on you? Like a block? Because it's a stupid statement, Troy. Every team that gets there is great and loaded. That's why they got there. Nobody gets there with a shitty team, and it's only a quarterback. This is not like some pickup league or something that you might have heard of. It's called the NFL. Everybody's stacked when you get to the Super Bowl. Quit while you're ahead on that one. Actually, quit while you're behind. Is a good quarterback going to win us a championship when the roster isn't stacked? I mean, that's Troy. Forgive my French. That's fucking stupid, bro. Okay. We clear on that one, Troy? Yeah. On that note, on that level of stupidity, we exit the show. We uh, thank Cameron Wolf and Manny Navarro, as always, and Sean Stanley, the man, the myth, the legend, that knows how to get it done. Please take care of yourselves out there and don't get too close to Troy Ortiz. That stupidity may rub off. We'll see you on Monday. Be good out there. Chiefs win Sunday. Be good.